The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Nikki, how are you? Thank you for coming and being a guest on the Fearless Happiness podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. I have another wonderful Apex member, Apex executive, who is going to show us how they do the work, how they came from small beginnings to where they're at now. Let them know who you are, Nikki, and exactly like what you do. Thank you so much. I am Nikki Corson, and I am a serial entrepreneur. Just recently launching my personal brand, Prissy Nikki. I have the Prissy Nikki podcast. And the beginning of September, I'll be launching uh, my personal brand of hair extensions and eyelashes, which I'm really, really excited about. I'll have some other merchandise as well, but mostly excited about the hair extensions and eyelashes, just something I've been really passionate about for decades now. That puts some age on me, but decades now, (laughs) Um, way before it was popular, I started using these products. So I know a lot about them and what works, what doesn't work. So I'm really excited to um, bring that to to my listeners. Um, and I also own a roofing company, which is in the total uh, different direction than beauty products. Um, I have a roofing company that operates in three states in the Southeast, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. So I stay, uh, I hate to say busy, I stay productive. And I have two beautiful teen daughters that are amazing. I don't know how I have been so blessed, <laughs> but <laughs> amazing, amazing teen daughters. I know normally when people go, oh, teen girls, God bless you. I'm like, no, I, they're great. I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. So that is what I do, who I am. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Like, um, that's funny you say that. I have two adult daughters, but they still act like teen daughters. Um, <laughs> I get it. Um, I, I love my daughters. You know, they keep me in check. And uh, oh yeah, but it's I have I have four kids. Right, my oldest is thirty two, and uh, he's my my son is the oldest. But sometimes I call him my drama queen. I go, "You're a bigger drama queen than your uh, your sisters." <laughs> Stop it, Dad. Um, you're going to have but, to share your beauty secrets there because you look 32. How do you have a 32 year old child? I am 53. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I think it's just that Asian Pacific Island gene pool that, you know, we, we don't age. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like that. I just had, well, I was telling you, I had back surgery, right? So the, like on the plane, it was funny. You see me get out of the sick chair. <laughs> I'm like pushing up. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I feel 53. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know why we, we look great, right? Because we follow that G code that, that Ryan Stuman does, right? We, we exercise should be a part of our daily routine, right? Diet, all that stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and um, I've always just tried to maintain good health. You know, growing up, my mom, my dad, I'll tell you a little bit why. My dad had a heart attack at 33. So growing up, my mom was like, you're not going to eat junk. So she always made sure we had vegetables, vitamins. And so I think that's why. But you look great. You don't look your age. You know, I didn't ask you. I'm not going to ask you you because I know that we don't do that. You look very young. I'm going to tell you I'm 21 anyway. Right? (laughs) I always say I'm forever. Yeah, I'm forever 25. So, um, um. 
Yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show because the whole premise, like I like to share with people because I know like you didn't get to, you know, having your your beauty self, so, you know, your beauty care line and all that stuff and and owning a roofing company in three states like it just didn't happen. Like, like you just didn't wish yeah. it and boom, it happened. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you went through yeah. challenges. So I like to share with the audience, if you would like share some of your challenges you had becoming a, a serial entrepreneur. Like what were some of the challenges in your personal life and in business that that almost stopped you from from doing what you love to do? Absolutely. I love to share this story. And um, I share a different kind of, of challenge um, because there's never just one challenge. We throughout life, we face many, many challenges in different stages of our life uh, that get us to where we need to be. And I'm, I'm definitely a, a avid believer in things do not happen to us. They happen for us. It is absolutely to uh, form us into the person that we need to be to get to the next step. And sometimes if you're hard-headed like me, you have to go <laughs> through it the hard, the hard way sometimes, or most of the time from, in my case, I'm very stubborn. Uh, I've learned to become less stubborn as I, as I age gracefully. Um, but yeah, so I come, you know, I think a lot of the challenges that I face, many people out there have faced. Um, so I don't go into depth with those unless people reach out to me and say, hey, how did you overcome this? I'm more than happy to share. Um, I have trauma in my childhood, molestation, um, parent issues. I've um, been in bad relationships myself. I've been divorced. I have had to start my life completely over three times. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm thriving. I'm not a victim. I've learned things about the world, about myself along the way. But honestly, the biggest challenge out of all that, and I, when I say serial entrepreneur, although I own multiple businesses currently, I've owned several businesses. Um, throughout my adulthood and I've had failures and, you know, it's, it's really devastating to uh, not just financially, <laughs> but it's, it's devastating to our ego and our mm -hmm. self-esteem and all that. So I've been through, you know, I'm not going to say everything, but I've been through a lot. Um, and you just keep going. I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with all these things, but I would say the, the biggest challenge that I've ever faced in, in my life is myself out of all of that. Right. I love it. The one that really, really brought me to my knees <laughs> and asking God for help was the battle with myself, the war within. And although I really pride myself on how I got through a lot of those challenges, I discovered, and this is, you know, some of these discoveries are you know, recent, um, but definitely throughout my thirties, I'll say, I'll say my age, I'm, I'm going on 41. Um, but my, my thirties, it's not that my thirties were bad, but when I faced the biggest challenges being myself, I really invested in self development, self improvement. And that made me face the person in the mirror and face some really hard truths that, I didn't realize about myself. And it's hard when you're a perfectionist, like I am, it's hard to hear those things about yourself that you failed in some places and um, working through those to become better. And I even just recently have made major discoveries and overcome war within myself. So although I always thought that I handled the trauma and the challenges very well, and try to be positive always, I didn't do everything perfectly. <gasps> you know, <laughs> a lot of us can relate to, right? Oh, I'm also not perfect. Um, and I carried, I was carrying a lot with me and I didn't think that I was. I really was great at even fooling myself. I don't know if there's anybody out there that has done such a good job of, 
putting on this persona that you even start believing it. That's the level I was at. And um, I did uh, invest, when I say invest in self-development, I, I definitely put in the work, but I did hire um, coaches um, like you to help me, you know, have these breakthroughs in my self-development and, and kind of meet those challenges face, you know, head on. Um, and it, it was hard. It was really hard. And I went through some really dark times as I discovered. Um, but to lighten the mood, I would say, I can say it's funny now. It wasn't necessarily funny going through it, but, um, one thing that I had mastered was, um, closing myself off emotionally. And I'm, I'm talking expert level (laughs) denial here. Oh yeah. If if there's a thing about, (laughs) yeah, if there's a Nobel prize for that, I would get it. Um, I really didn't let myself feel whether it was good things or bad things because, and so when I say, Oh, I got through this trauma and these challenges fairly well, and I moved on with my life and I've done great things and whatever. Okay. Sort of, but I didn't really deal with them either. And that's not, that's not really getting through them. That's just shoving it down and not dealing with it. And you can only take so much of that as I discovered. (laughs) Yeah. Until it it comes out in other areas of your life or, you know what I mean? And, or people notice it and you're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I needed help in a major, major way. And I tell you, once I, I opened myself up to feeling because I was not allowing myself to feel that was hard. You know, when you're in your mid thirties and you're having two-year-old tantrums because you don't know (laughs) how to just deal with normal emotions. I mean, that was, it's, it is funny. I laughed at myself because I really did have some internal and external in the privacy of my home, two-year-old tantrums because I didn't know, I, I didn't like what I was feeling sometimes and I didn't know how to handle it. Definitely did not know how to handle it like an adult. And it was, it was super challenging. And I, I won't lie. I desperately tried to put that wall right back up. I didn't want to deal with those emotions. I didn't want to go through things and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to put, you know, (laughs) thank, thank God at the time I couldn't do it. Um, because then I'd be back at ground zero, but, um, I had to work through that and I had to sit with these emotions and learn emotional intelligence because I did not have that um, and still go out and be a professional in my businesses and lead people through all of this. And um, as I discovered things about myself and tried to improve, I went through depression. I, I, you know, took steps back in order to take step forward. It didn't feel like that in the moment. I felt like I was failing And thank God I had Apex. I had other mentors in my life to talk to and get me through these times. I absolutely wouldn't have done it as quickly. And, and, you know, we're, we're talking eight years now ish that I really focused on self-development. So, you know, some people will say, well, that's not that quick, but the things that I've had to overcome, that's relatively quick. You know, it can, it can take a lifetime for some people. So The person that I am today, I'm very, very proud of because I had to go to war with myself and I never thought in a million years, my biggest challenge would be me getting that, that negative self-talk rewired. And that's not done. I'm not complete with that. That is daily practice. And Mm -hmm. some days I fall short on being successful with that. If you're telling yourself you can't do things and you're telling yourself that's not capable and you're not thin enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not right. smart enough, you're not, if you're constantly feeding yourself these things, you're not going to step out and be the true person that you are and reach your true capacity in the world. You're just, it's never going to happen if you continue to tear yourself down. There's plenty of people out there that want to tear you down. It should not be you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what's funny is like I'm, I'm laughing with you because I totally relate. 
right? Like even at 53 years old. And so like my journey began when I got sober. Little did I know I would become an entrepreneur, right? But I laughed when you said that, like me being my own worst enemy, right? And and the negative stuff I would tell myself. And even on these podcasts, like when I have these interviews, you might hear it, you know, with some of the, the interviewees I've had, you know, the fellow Apex executives, they would point things out. Like, did you hear what you just said about yourself? This podcast is kind of like my, you know, part of my personal development because I get to hear when I'm doing that with without even knowing it. You know, like you said, it, it could be so ingrained that we don't even realize it. And it takes that practice. Like I have to practice getting a lot of that negative talk out of my head because it's so ingrained mm-hmm. from way back when. Right. And even though I've been almost sober for next month, it'll be 18 years. I still catch myself. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I like in my recovery to what we're doing now, like in business. Right. So I know I'm going to have to, you know, it's not just quit, put the drink down, put the drug down and I'm cured. Right. I know there's going to be right. a lot of work, like creating my business. It's like, I know there's going to be maybe five steps forward, two steps back, 10 steps mm-hmm. forward, five steps back, you know? And, you know, I learned from you and everyone I've interviewed so far, just how cool this journey can be. If you just open your mind to the possibilities, I, like you said, like, I'm not alone. I'm hearing Nikki talking. I'm going, wow, she's talking about, like she's talking about me. I can't, she know who I was. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it, you know, we all have our challenges that we have faced. Like you said, I went through severe depression at five years sober. All of a sudden, I just feel like this overwhelming sense of doom and gloom, you know, that was so bad. I couldn't, I was asking myself, you know, and asking, talking, having these conversations with God, like, okay, I got sober. You helped me get sober. Like, this is not cool. Like you need to change something for, you know, I'd have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but like God, I have mentors, you know, people like yourself that I can go, hey, hey, Nikki, I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. And you'd either say, well, you maybe need to go to the doctor and you got to, you know, have that help because we can do this by ourselves. But I have found being part of Apex, right? Like when I have that support, like my recovery, like if I'm having issues with that part of my life, I got a sponsor I go to, I got mentors I can go to. And even with that, I have Apex I could go to. And mm-hmm. here's what I've learned is like, I've heard people like go listen to a podcast and say, well, they're so successful. I, they can't have any problems. They don't realize we're human, just like everybody else. You're human, like anybody else. Right. And you've had your challenges. And we know that running a business is not easy, right? You got to, you always have to be on top of your game, or at least for what I've learned from y'all is do the work, make sure that you're, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Uh, tell the audience, like, because they're probably thinking, wow, man, she owns a roofing company in three different states. Like, how does she de- do that? A lot of us start out just us. We have no employees. We are just, being all departments, all personnel, right. you know, CEO and the person sweeping the floors. We're doing, we're doing all of it. And when you're an entrepreneur and you choose to be an entrepreneur, you love the challenge. You love the hunt. You love those aspects. And it's not for everyone. It's not for the faint of heart. It really is not for everyone. You don't get to clock out at 5 p.m. And that's, you know, whatever is going on that's not done is someone else's problem. No, you you are the problem solver. If you don't ensure that those things get taken care of, there's not going to be a business to come to tomorrow. So there isn't any clocking out, so to speak. So it's not for everyone. You truly have to love that. And I knew at a very young age that that I was going to be an entrepreneur. And I know some people take a really long time to figure out what it is that they want to do. And I, that's one thing that I feel very blessed is that, you know, when I was, God, probably 12, 13 years old, I knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur and I pursued that relentlessly. And I'm very stubborn. So I learned a lot of things along the way, the hard, the hard way, you know, lots of mistakes and learning, you know, I I paid a lot of dumb tax as they call it, but Hey, I learned nonetheless. (laughs) So I think one of the biggest challengers for new entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, what have you is stepping from being an entrepreneur to being an owner of the company. When you start having employees, How do you go from that 
entrepreneur, being all of the employees, being everything to kind of working yourself out of the company and not completely, of course, but to where you're not having to be everything, right? You're putting people in place to handle those things for you so that you can be at the forefront and actually lead your company, grow your company, have oversight, not be in the trenches per se. Right. And, and that's hard to go from that, especially when there's financial struggles, hiring, it's scary, man. That's probably one of the scariest things in entrepreneurship and owning businesses is hiring employees. Um, we have uh, right at a hundred employees in our roofing company. And that is a lot of responsibility to carry on your shoulders. And of course we didn't go from zero to a hundred, you right, right. slowly add, um, but all of those people are depending on me to make the right decisions mm. so that they can continue to take care of their families. Right. That's a that's, lot of pressure. That's, a, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Um, I remember when um, going through the training, you know, in Apex and Ryan talks about those different levels. Being the, the good <laughs> pessimist sometimes, I was like, I got to do what? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, okay. Absolutely. You know, I'm like, I got to do, I'm, I'm, you know, I was like, uh, but I get it though. But that's, that's the progression of, of being an entrepreneur, right? It's not just being like the owner running your business, right? Like you just talked about a level, like you're right. You have a hundred employees, but if you think about it, you have all the families that come with those employees because mm-hmm. they're all depending on Nikki that make this work. That's why I want my audience to know, like, the challenges don't stop when you become that owner or, you know yeah. what I mean? And you start, it, yeah. that, I think it's just the beginning from what I've been sh- hearing from the past interviews I've done. It's like, it's a never ending process because you're always refining. You're always trying to make it better, right? For the people that you take care of, not only your own family, but the, the multiple families that you have to, like you said, take care of. So, you know, let the yeah. audience know that I'm sure you've had some sleepless nights, like when stuff oh. wasn't going the way you wanted, you know, cause we could be stubborn and like, if it doesn't go this way, then I'm not going to do it until it gets done right. Right. And there's probably- <laughs> I could talk on this for hours, but I also had to learn to manage my stress levels because stress can kill you. <laughs> and my doctor, even though I work out, I eat healthy. I try to take care of myself. I had a doctor tell me, Nicole, you need to calm down. I'm really scared. You're going to have a stroke. And I think I was 33 when she told me this. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm What's wrong with you woman? And she's like, no, I'm serious. I don't care what you have to do. You need to calm down. And I'm like, I am calm. And she's like, no, 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 no. You see these <laughs> levels right here. You're not yeah. calm. And I, and I had to sit with myself and go, just because I'm not screaming doesn't mean internally right. I'm not stressed to the max. And my body was inflamed, my, you know, just because of stress, I was causing problems. So you really have to, you know, when people think health, they think, oh, um, you know, your weight and you've got to exercise. It's so much more than that. Your mindset is probably just as important, not probably your mindset is absolutely just as important as what you eat and how Mm. much you exercise. If you don't have your mind, you have nothing. So I do want to touch on going from that level of entrepreneur to business owner, um, because I'm sure there's people out there in that where they're, they are completely overwhelmed. They know they need help. They're very scared to hire someone. That is scary. I will never forget how that feels. <laughs> Obviously, you have to make sure financially you can um, take care of that employee. And then you're like, oh, there's not going to be much left. What you have to focus on is getting that employee or two at first to handle the responsibilities that you need them to, whether it's sales, marketing, producing, whatever you're making or whatever you're needing help with so that you can step back. You have to grow the business. Nobody is going to grow the business for you. And if you're in the trenches doing everything, your business is not going to grow. You have to get out in the forefront of everything, be the face of the company and push that growth. But if you're being all the things, that's not going to happen. So as soon as you can get enough sales in to cover a salary or two salaries, whatever you're needing, do it. And then make sure you grind it out 
and grow the company so that you can essentially hire all of the departments and positions you need so that you can continue to stay out in the front and push the growth and shit will break and go crazy and (laughs) and you'll have fires to put out and whatever. And that's when you, as you hire, before you hire, you have clear job responsibilities. You have clear training. You have systems and processes. Everything in your head has to go into writing. People cannot read your mind. Right. (laughs) We want to, I know we want to believe that they can. And the biggest mess up you will do, and I've I've done it. So hopefully I can save someone is assuming and having expectations. Expectations are one sided, you have to have an agreement. And the only way to have an agreement with an employee is to have that in writing, cover those things and make sure both of you agree to these job responsibilities and what they're going to do while they're working for you. That's an agreement. You're not going to have these one sided expectations. I hate when I hear people say, "Well, I shouldn't have to tell him how to do his job. Yes. You absolutely, (laughs) as the owner, have to tell the person how to do their job. Not that, you know, you can be a, let's say, an HR director. There's going to be basic laws and things like that, that every HR director should know and and follow, right? Right. But every company operates differently. What's your Mm. culture? What are you striving for? You know, it's not the same. They shouldn't know how to do their job. You bring them into your organization and you have to be so crystal clear on what your mission is, what you're trying to achieve. That person has to be in alignment with that because if they're not, you're not going anywhere. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Have those systems and processes in place so that they can just step in and do exactly what you need because you're clear. You have an agreement and you can work together. Otherwise, you're going to have extra fires to put out that you shouldn't need to deal with. That's really important. If you do those things, um, not that the world of entrepreneurship is ever smooth, but you're going to have a lot easier time onboarding people and continuing that growth to where you get to, you expand and you have states, different states, employees all over the place because you're clear and you can build on a solid foundation. Last thing you want to do is build on a foundation that's going to fall apart on you. Right. Or like sand, as they say, where just everything is sinks. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that, right? Because a part of me admittedly is like, oh, my God, I got still so much to learn. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) You're right. I mean, and this this is why I love having these conversations because I learn. Before I got sober, a long time ago, I worked in corporate America, you know, suit and tie. Mm -hmm. And I remember that they would have you sign a job description, all that stuff. Even now in in what I do in working in in drug and alcohol treatment, you know, they want, but it's funny that you say that because I've had a couple of people have, you know, they would have me sign a job description and then they would come up with all kinds of other things that I needed to do, but they never told me about it. And it's like you said, like, I can't read your mind. Like you need to let me know because I'm going to focus the way my mind works, right? You gave me this job to do. So I'm going to focus and be the best I can be at it. And if there's anything extra and you don't tell me (laughs) that's on you. That's stuff I'm learning in, through the COVID and watching how some people panic, you know, oh mm-hmm. my God, I learned so much from my guests, like you, from, like yourself, Nikki, right? Because it's not, everybody thinks like being your own business owner, right? Or your own boss is this glamorous thing, you know, and it's like recovery. I liken it to this. So when I got sober, right? And they said, Max, you can't do anything okay, you need to tell me what that means. Because, <laughs> you right. know, my mind, right. you know, what does That's that mean? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I can't, you know, but if my sponsor was funny, my mentor, he's like, Max, you got to change one thing. And I, what's, what's that? He goes, that's everything. But don't stress out because I will work on that together, right? And that's right. how that I've been sense. able, you know, after four relapses, when I first got sober, to be able to stay sober because he gave me specific directions at times in my recovery, like, this is all I want you to do. Cause he knows like, I will, like my wife told me the other day, she goes, you're so ADD. She goes, I could tell you to get me a spoon, you know, from the bedroom and you've stopped three places other than the kitchen before you got there. And then three more on the way back. Right. So just get and me didn't a spoon. Have of- the spoon when you got back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll go, did you get my spoon? And I'm like, what spoon? You didn't tell me to get a spoon. She goes, yeah. I just told you to get me a spoon. <laughs> right. And I admit it's a scary process, but I'm loving it, right? Like I know there's so many things I get to do and learn. To me, it 
this is probably the biggest personal development challenge I get to go through is following in your guys' footsteps. As I say, I always like to say, I'm following in the steps of Ryan and all the executives over at Apex. And, you know, at first, sometimes I'll admit, like Chris, I've known Chris Whitehead for 10 years. Like when he would tell me to do stuff and like, or he wouldn't say anything. I would be like, man, how come Chris doesn't tell me what to do? I understood though. He was letting me learn a lesson. Like this is, you got to learn it. I can't, you know, I can tell it till I'm blue in the face, but until you learn it. So I'm learning, you know, I know I got a long way to go, but I'm up for the challenge. Like there's no quitting, no stopping, you know, in the FYE we talk about all the time, you know, cause I have some specific goals and it's funny how I'm meeting some of those goals. Cause I have like yourself here on my podcast. I've had some wonderful guests and they get to share with the world. Yeah, I'm a business owner, but I'm just like you. Look at the challenges I've gone through. The whole, the common thread that I hear from like yourself and from the other people I've interviewed is that you never gave up. It yeah. wasn't just yeah. a dream. A goal is just a dream without an action plan, right? You guys all have shared with my audiences, you know, whatever your background is, is that you came up with a plan and you followed it and you don't, you didn't quit and you, you still don't, right? Because if you quit, you don't have a business. So I like to ask my guests, right? I wrote a book. I called it Fearless Happiness for a reason. What does fearless mean to you, Nikki? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? So that's an awesome, awesome question. I love it. Um, Fearless to me is not being without fear. We all have fear inside of us. I don't care who you are. You can be the biggest, buffest dude, strongest alpha female. We all have fear inside of us. It's really how we react to it. So fearless to me is taking action despite how we're feeling. And it's focusing, having that fear inside of us, but focusing on the end result, the target that we're trying to achieve more than the fear and letting ourselves feed into anxiety of all the things that could go wrong. I've taken so many steps forward being scared out of my mind, but pushing myself into that uncomfortable zone, knowing that I can come out on the other side. I just have to do the work and I'm not going to be comfortable while I do it, but I know I'm going to learn and I know I'm going to be stronger and better when I get through it. And it's just taking the jump. I used to think that fearless, you know, when I look at people doing amazing things and overcoming all these challenges and, and fearless is one of those words that would come to my mind and like, God, they just, they're not scared of anything. And as I've grown older and gone through challenges and overcome things, I'm like, no, that's not how it works. No, People overcoming challenges are scared. Maybe not every single time, but a lot of times we are scared when we're going through things, but we're trusting in ourselves. We're trusting in the process or hell. Sometimes we don't know what the hell is going to happen. We don't, we're just hoping we're making the right choice, but we keep moving forward. We do the work. Doing it despite your fears. I used to argue with Chris, that imposter syndrome, you know, and you're like, oh. dude, you got over 17 years of being in the trenches. You've been doing this for a long time. And that was part of that. What we talked about earlier, that negative mindset that just keeps mm-hmm. creeping in. So that's, I'm working on that constantly and being fearless. So like some of us, like you said, have extreme ways of overcoming our fears, right? Well, we'll ever be fearless. Probably not, but it's that process, trusting in that process. Mm-hmm. Like, cause mm-hmm. everybody started where we started, like at the beginning, or, you know what I mean? Like, look at Jeff Bezos. Yeah. He started in his garage. I'm sure he had a lot of fears of not creating the business he wanted. Bill Gates or, you know, any of those guys, right. uh, Ryan Stuman, Andy, yourself, like you all start at the same place everybody else does at the beginning. And then it's 100%. what you do in that journey. So that's awesome. I did some extreme things to overcome certain fears, but like jumping out of a plane at 18,000 feet. So I'm not afraid of heights anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, um, I will never do any stimulant again, because after that, you will never need a stimulant. You're just so on overload. But, you know, we all have our ways of overcoming fears. And I, I love your answer. Everybody's answer is the same, but different. And it's so cool to hear all of your answers and yours. Like it's, I learned from you guys like, okay, I need to step it up in this word because, you know, I am being a little afraid over here. So I need to do this or 
The best thing about Apex is that everyone has their unique personality and different strength that they bring to the table, but all of us have weaknesses too. So to have that community where we can share with one another um, and get feedback or advice, help lift each other up. That's honestly, there's so many other aspects to Apex, but for me, that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites also, because like I'm, I'm at a stage now in my life where if I'm doing something stupid, I'm glad I have Apex to go, Hey, Max, you're doing something stupid. Like you need to change this up. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to course correct. And, you know, as they say, pivot and and go in the right direction instead of keep going down the bad road. And but the like difference say- there is that it's not a hater out there saying, hey, that your idea is stupid or hey, what you're doing is stupid. No, these are people that are successful in their own right. And there's all different levels of success because success means different things to different people. But everyone in Apex has a winning mindset. So there's not any haterade being passed around or anything like that. The, the advice truly comes from a place of experience of dealing with that challenge or seeing a way that, hey, here's how you could become even better. And it's all helpful because we all want to see each other win. And that's huge. That is huge. And I've never met any group like this except for my recovery network that I keep close to me that Mm -hmm. truly want my best interest, no matter if the person I'm talking to has 40 years of sobriety or one year right? Mm -hmm. They all want the same thing. They want me to be successful. They want me to stay sober. And that's what I found in Apex. Like I've never got a note from anybody. Like, like I reached out to you. Were you there in February when we had the Apex Live? So I I, I saw a bunch of you that I saw on Facebook. I was like, but it was so crazy, you know, trying to meet everybody. Oh yeah. I know there's so many people. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, but since that event, that changed my life. So I was never afraid to reach out to anyone in Apex and go, Hey, I need your opinion on something. Or or can you direct me in the right direction or whatever? And never got to know. I've never gotten to max. Like I'm too busy. I can't talk to you. Right. So like, I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your busy day to, to do this podcast. So the last thing I like to ask, or one of the questions I like to ask is happiness, right? So in my, in the title of my book, I spelled happiness with a Y and, uh, you know, I still get stuff today. Like you spelled it wrong. I said, well, I did it for a reason. So what is, <laughs> there's, a, there's, yeah, a purpose. <laughs> there's a purpose for it, right? Read my book and you'll figure out why yeah. I put it there. So knowing I put the why in happiness, how does happiness show up for you on a daily basis? And what does that look like? Happiness doesn't necessarily show up for me. I seek out the happiness. I, I grab the happiness for myself (laughs) and I didn't always have that mindset of, and and I'm sure everybody has heard, heard the phrase thrown around. Happiness is a choice and it is true. It's just some phrases get overused and then people aren't really listening to what that phrase really means. It is absolutely true that happiness is not a destination. You don't arrive one day and then you're just happy right. for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's a daily. Unfortunately, you know, when you do make that discovery, you're like, Damn. just like your mindset is an active everyday work, you know, like we do everything else. So happiness very much is it coincides with your mindset. Of course, it's a choice. Every time we can't control what, what happens uh, in our lives, but we can choose how we react. And sometimes it's easier to choose happiness than others. Right. Um, yeah. And I still, to this day, sometimes do not choose happiness. I choose anger. <laughs> I choose, right. you know, I'm human. I feel things. But when I really got the click that happiness is a choice, I'll never forget, I was going through one of the really, really dark times in my life. And although I'm not overly religious, I do believe in God. And I was physically on my knees, praying, crying, trying to just figure out why I was so miserable. Why couldn't I just be happy? Why couldn't I find someone to make me happy? And as soon as that came out of my mouth, it just, and I do believe to this day that it was God just like smacking me across the face almost and just saying, you can just be happy, Nicole. You don't need anyone to come into your life to be happy. You don't need anything specifically to happen 
to be happy, you could just be happy. And I remember just still being on my knees, no longer in praying position and just going, holy shit, I can just be happy. I think I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like, oh, okay. And then I was just happy the end. Um, No, but I did in that moment realize I can choose to be happy. I am going to choose happiness. And choosing that happiness meant cutting the toxic things and toxic people out of my life. If you do not do that, you're going to have some serious problems with choosing happiness because toxicity is, it's a cancer. And if you allow those people to stick around, they will bring you down, Mm -hmm. whether you want it or not, you, you know, you can do the Care Bear stare and and try to do the (laughs) happiness, but you've got to get them out of your life. And that's what I did. And that's what I did. And I chose happiness and I, I just cut those people out. Of course, they didn't like it, but I had to do what was best for me. And I had to do what was best for my daughters. And I work on it every single day, you know, and as I self-improve, like I said, I went through very challenging times. My inner demons were coming out. My self-loathing was coming out all these things. And it's in those moments, it's hard to choose happiness. And there, I, I even had depression after, you know, a couple of years after choosing happiness. So you still go through things, but you train your mind every day. Like you train your muscles in the gym and you just keep working at it. You're going to have days where you suck at it, you know, but you just keep going. You keep working on it. You get back. If you feel yourself getting away from what, you know, you need to be focusing on, get back on track. You don't say F it and just, you know, give up. You you just go back to it. You're going to veer off the path from time to time. It's okay. Just get back on the path and, you know, learn not to beat yourself up when you make a mistake. I, man, I had to learn that one. Oh my God. (laughs) I was so relentless and mean to myself, just so mean to myself. And I think that's why I always had um, great confidence. Isn't that a conflict, right? I was so mean to myself, but I've always had great confidence. And I really didn't care what other people thought of me or said to me, because I've already said the meanest things possible to myself. You cannot right. say anything to me. <laughs> I've probably done worse. So right. give it yep. your best shot. Like I just didn't care about other people's thoughts per se, because I was battling me and right. nobody was worse than me. You know, I'm not saying that that's a positive thing, right? It was, it was this false confidence because I was just being a bully to myself. Oh, they um, say we are our own worst enemies. I, I learned what that meant. I did. I learned what that meant. And um, I, another thing that I really learned, like another phrase that's thrown around a lot that I myself didn't really comprehend was learn to love the process. I've always set it. goals. Now I say targets because goals to me seem more like hopes and dreams. I like to set targets. Uh, shout out to John Paramore, who's also an Apex executive who taught me that. Actually, I worked with him before Apex, but he's the reason I'm in Apex. So I set targets because I'm, I'm aiming, I'm very intentional with what I set. And even then I didn't understand, you know, learn to love the process. I, I didn't like the challenges. I didn't want challenges. I want to set targets. I want to do the work and I want to get there. And I don't want any funny business in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't we all? And so I, I, when I would hear that, learn to love the process, I'm like, Oh, you know, like, cause I don't love these challenges. I don't love this process. I just want to get to point A and then B. And and I finally, recently, okay, this year, it just kind of clicked. Learn to love the process for me. It might mean something different to other people, but it is not having the expectation of, because again, those are one-sided, right? Right. Of, you know, meeting your target, even though you plan, you do all the planning, you do all the work, you're, there's going to be things pop up the force of average, right? That are gonna challenge you. And you're gonna have to like really dial in, right? And we try to avoid those as much as possible and, yeah. and try not to have any challenges. And we get at me would get so frustrated when they would pop up. Cause I, I would think if I do more preparation, I do more this, more that, then I'm not going to have a challenge. And then a challenge would pop up and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Why me? <laughs> and I wasn't loving the process. Right. And so when it, when it clicked for me, 
it's not that I welcome challenges, but I know that challenges are going to arise. And usually when those challenge, when that challenge does arise throughout, it's to teach me something. Right. And if you're not willing to learn that, you don't deserve to go to the next step. Right. You're not ready. If a challenge arises, you're not ready. There's something that you need to learn or figure out before you get there. And that's all it is. It's not to piss you off. It's not to, you know, give you something extra to do. There's a reason. I believe everything happens for a reason. And sometimes we get frustrated because we're fighting against that lesson. We're fighting against that path. We don't, you know, we're being stubborn. I'm saying me here and we just (laughs) want to go this way. And so when you fight against that, that's where the aggravation is really coming in because you are blocking your blessing right there. You are going to be taught something. So now when a challenge arises, again, I'm human and sometimes I still get a little upset, but I, even when I get a little upset, I know, okay, this isn't what I planned, but clearly I need to learn something. So I'm going to do the work and I'm going to be very open to the universe to receive whatever lesson I need right now. And when I started doing that, it became less of a challenge and more of like a class or a less or a, you know, a course. Okay. (laughs) And I learned to sit with my emotions too, whether they were positive or negative and really be hyper aware of what I was feeling, taking that moment and asking myself, why am I feeling so happy right now? Why am I feeling so aggravated right now? Right. And, And kind of replaying just what happened and what my actions were that contributed to me feeling that way, because it's not always one sided. And that has allowed me to either do more of the good or make corrections of things that led me to that emotion. And that's part of the process as well. So to me, learning to love the process is really getting that laser focus and being hyper aware of everything you're going through being open to those lessons on your journey to your target. Right. And if you do that, you're going to learn so much more than you ever anticipated in getting to that target. So when you do get to that target, you arrive in a probably a different person or a more enhanced person, and you can appreciate so many things in life. I couldn't agree more. Like I went through one of the biggest learning lessons about myself again, right? Since November. My position was eliminated in November, right? So I did the Mm. next right thing, applied for unemployment, you know, because I knew I was going to have back surgery this year. And so I did all these things, right? But I assumed, right? We talked, you talked about this, that Mm -hmm. everything, I did it exactly the way they said, right? And I'm just now getting some unemployment benefits here in August. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about a lesson and and I thank God for Apex and, and for my mentors outside, right? Uh, I became willing to hear, like my wife laid it out to me, like, and it, I, it made me realize like the old Max is showing up. I did this so I can just wait. You know what I mean? So it made me have to, like, I've been, I've involved <laughs> our local assembly woman, like, And it's funny because I just got an email yesterday that, you know, because and it talked about this very thing, like California's unemployment sucks, like something happened, a bunch of fraud happened because of the COVID, right? And Mm -hmm. like, I learned a big valuable lesson about myself is that I can't sit just because I did something the right way, expect somebody else like we talked about, right, to do the right thing. So it's been this learning process. And you just like hearing you share your story and, and just now about you know, happiness. It was like, wow, I learned. No wonder God put that in my path again, because I needed to learn it all over again. Right. Cause I'm such a mellow dude. Like I'm just like one waste. you know what I mean? I don't have highs. Yeah. I don't have lows. I'm just like, <laughs> so, but I am learning to share how I'm feeling more with my wife. And so she doesn't have to read my mind and, and she does the same with, you know what I mean? Like, and it's never yeah. been like that. Honestly, Nikki, for me in any relationship, usually I just keep my mouth shut and then it blows up and okay, we're on our separate ways. Right. Yeah. So apex has definitely been a teacher for me. All of you wonderful executives that teach me by the posts I read and our interview like this. And, and that's why I put the why in happiness, right? Cause you said it, it's going to come 
nothing outside of me is going to make me happy. And I learned that from Chris Whitehead is that lean into the suck because there's a lesson we need to learn. And sometimes there's a lesson which boils down to what you just said is trusting that process, right? But I can't trust the process if I'm sitting on my butt expecting everything else to be done for me. I have to do the work. So like, I learned so much from you today. And it's funny because like you say, you got two daughters, you know, you got these businesses, which motivates me to keep moving, even though like my process happened later in life, you know, at 53 years old, at 32, I was getting sober and I was learning a whole, I was just learning how, how to live life without drugs and alcohol. And, you know, but God has a funny sense of humor. It's put me through some things, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because I end up on a podcast with a wonderful human being who's teaching me about life basically is what you're doing right now. So I appreciate you so much. Love it. So I like to let the audience know, or would you let the audience know if, if they need you for your beauty stuff or roofing, like how do they get a hold of Nikki? So I am on Facebook and that is Nikki Corson. N-I-K-K-I Corson is C-O-R-S-O-N. No A. Do not put an A in that name. I have my businesses on there, Roof Crafters, Roofing, and Prissy Nikki. So I have the Prissy Nikki podcast that is on uh, whatever platform you listen on. You can search Prissy Nikki and find that. I have Prissy Nikki on Facebook, the Prissy Nikki on Instagram. You can find me pretty much anywhere. So (laughs) (laughs) prissynikki.com. Please reach out. I love to hear from people. You heard it, folks. Any last word for our audience? Any parting thoughts you want to leave them? Don't give up. Don't give up. And I know, again, another cliche phrase. I'm going to think of something cooler to say next time. But you're going to have challenges. Lean into the suck. Like like Chris Whitehead says, there's lessons there for you. Tell those negative thoughts in your head to shut the hell up and keep pushing forward. You got this. All you have to do is believe and do the work. That's it, right? It's funny that you said that because um, Chris's best friend and, and business partner who passed away of COVID in March used to tell me that all the time. That was his big thing. It was just believe, like believe you can do this. And that's why yeah. after he yelled at me to get my podcast out, he said, just believe, Max, you'll be all right. After he, I said, well, you yeah. yelled at me. You hurt my feelings, man. Yeah. He said, good, maybe you'll just do it the way I showed you how to do it. But it was such an honor to have you on my podcast, Nikki. Thank you so much. I believe the audience is going to get a lot out of this episode. I know I did. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here, uh, taking time out of your busy day and uh, leaving us with some golden nuggets because I got a lot out of it today. The honor was mine. I loved it.